This is Leewood Online, a ministry of Leewood Baptist Church, located in the Kansas City area. For more information about us, visit us online at www.leewoodbaptist.com. Welcome to our live stream sermon this morning. Thank you for joining us. One thing we want to mention that this will in no way, shape, or form be as good as meeting together in person, worshiping together as brothers and sisters in Christ, but at least we can worship virtually together through the study of God's Word. We can't wait to the opportunity we can have to worship together in person soon. Today is the last day of our sermon, our last sermon in our sermon series on prayer. For the last three months, we as a faith family here at Leewood have been studying prayer. We talked about what prayer is. We define prayer as personal communication with God. We talked about how prayer works, that because of the death of Jesus Christ on the cross for our sins, we are granted access to a holy God in prayer. And we've overall just seen that prayer, when we pray, is we have a personal audience with the God of the universe. We've talked about how we should pray. We saw that when we pray, we should pray according to God's will. We'll talk a, a little bit more about that in just a, in a minute. We also saw that when we pray, we should pray in the name of Jesus. We've had a couple of prayer services together as a faith family. We've spent some services where all we did was pray, read scripture, and sing together. And what a blessing that was. We've seen important elements to prayer. We prayed in adoration that we learned that when we pray, we should adore God for who he is in his character, his attributes. We, we talked about when we pray, we should pray in confessing our sins, admitting our sin before God and renouncing them and making our relationship right with God through prayer. We talked about Thanksgiving, that when we pray, we should be thanking God for the many spiritual blessings he has granted us. We also talked about supplication, asking God for our needs and seeing God answer those needs through prayer. We also talked about the importance of intercession, praying on the behalf of other people. And we saw that Jesus is interceding for us right now at the right hand of the Father. Today, I want us to explore together and ask the question, what if God doesn't or is not answering our prayers? You see, we live in a culture that we want things right away. We live in a fast food culture. When we want our food, we try to get it as quickly as we possibly can. Many of us like to shop online because we don't have to uh, fight crowds or stand in line to pay and, and look for our items. We'd rather go online onto a website and purchase our items and then they're on our front doorstep in a couple of days. But see, when we pray, we have to be very patient and wait on God in prayer. And by nature, that's very difficult for us to do. You see, when we talk about prayer, we must first recognize that as long as God is God and we are his people, that there must be unanswered prayer. Now, that might seem like a funny statement to you. You may even say, Adam, what do you mean? Why does there have to be unanswered prayer? You see, if there was not unanswered prayer, and if God did not make us wait in praying 
And just knowing our human nature, we would begin to think that we are God and that God works for us. Then in reality, if there was not unanswered prayer, in reality, we would probably treat God as he was just a genie in a bottle. You see, God is sovereign, which means he is in total control. And he keeps hidden his own plans for the future. And even though people pray, events will come about that God does, may not allow happen. God may make us wait in prayer. So I want us to explore this question together this morning. Why does God make us wait in prayer? Why is there unanswered prayer? What about unanswered prayer? So if you have a Bible, I hope you have a Bible nearby, and if you would, open it with me to Galatians chapter 4. We're going to be moving to a few different passages of Scripture, so I hope you have a Bible and that you can look at these passages with me. We can learn together through the inspired Word of God. So turn to Galatians chapter 4 and look at verse 3. It says this, in the same way, we also, when we were children, were in slavery under the elements of the world. But when the time came to completion, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law so that, so that we might receive adoption as, son, as sons. I like that phrase here. It says this in verse 4, four when the time came to completion. Or some translations say, when the fullness of time had come. Remember the Old Testament, the Jewish people, God's people, Israel, prayed for centuries for the Messiah to come. Can you imagine praying for centuries for something? Well, the Jewish people prayed for centuries for the Messiah to come. And when the time was right, God sent his son Jesus, God in the flesh, to the world to save people from their sin. God knew when the time was right for that to happen, and in his redemptive plan, he sent the Messiah, Jesus Christ, to come to earth to identify with humanity, for Jesus to live a perfect life, for him to die on the cross for the sins of humanity, and then to be raised back to life to give brand new spiritual life. And so just as the Jewish people prayed for centuries for the Messiah to come, God too sometimes makes us wait to get an answer in prayer. In Revelation 6, 10 through 11, it tells us that the souls of the martyrs, those who have in the past been killed for their faith, those souls of martyrs in heaven are now free from sin and they cry out for God to judge the earth. But Revelation 6 says that God does not immediately answer and he tells them to rest a little while longer. It is clear in scripture that there can be long periods of time during which prayers go unanswered because we don't always know God's wise and good timing. Prayer also can be unanswered because we don't always know how to pray. Take your Bible, turn to Romans chapter 8 with me and look at this with me. In Romans chapter 8, and we're going to look at verse 26. Romans 8, verse 26. This is what the Apostle Paul writes. He says, 
In the same way, the Spirit also helps us in our weakness because we do not know what to pray for as we should. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with unspoken groanings. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. It's interesting here that Paul says that in our weakness, the Holy Spirit helps us because we do not know what to pray for as we should. And so the Holy Spirit himself intercedes for us in unspoken groanings. You see, we talked about a few weeks ago that intercession is praying on the behalf of another. And so there are times when we don't know what to pray for. And the Holy Spirit prays for us, intercedes for us on our behalf to God, and he prays. And so even if we don't always know how to pray, and as, as mortal humans, as sinful creatures, we always don't know how to pray. We don't know how to pray always. And so we, God has given us the gift of the Holy Spirit who intercedes on our behalf. And so sometimes prayer goes unanswered because we don't always pray according to God's will. It says in James 4 verse 3, or James says we don't always ask in faith. And so there's times when we don't know how to pray, and so our prayers are not answered. I also think of the life of Joseph. Joseph is one of my favorite people in the Bible. And Joseph in Genesis his brothers sold him into slavery. They hated him, and so they sold him into slavery. And that must have been devastating for Joseph. And no doubt, Joseph prayed for God to help him in that situation, to be freed even from that slavery. And there may have been times where Joseph felt like God was, God was not answering his prayer, or that God had forgotten him. But then many years later, in Genesis chapter 50, Joseph had been reunited with the same brothers who sold him into slavery. And at that moment in Genesis 50, he was able to see that God meant all of that for good. God meant for good his brothers hating him. God meant for good him being sold into slavery. God meant for good for him to be lied about by Potiphar's wife and committing adultery and then him being thrown into prison for it. Joseph could see that God made him wait on him to be there in Egypt to save many people from starvation because of famine. And in Genesis chapter 50, in the presence of his brothers, Joseph told his brothers that they may have meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. You see, God may not answer a prayer because he wants to develop something in us that would not otherwise be developed. That if we did not go through some hardship, some trials, some sufferings, that we would not develop and be able to have a proper perspective on what God was doing in our lives. You see, I don't know if Joseph would have been able to say God meant it all for good if he had not gone through that hardship. But because of the hardship that Joseph had gone through, 
he could say God meant it for good. And he had a greater understanding of who God was because of unanswered prayer. When prayer remains unanswered, it is imperative for us to continue to trust God. Because look again here in Romans chapter 8 and look at verse 28. In verse 28, it says, We know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. You see, God is working all things out for our good. Now, that definitely does not mean that we will always be healthy or that we'll be wealthy and comfortable because we are following God. It doesn't mean that God's just going to work out all our problems in life. What this means is that God always knows what's good for us. Just as a parent knows what is good for their child, maybe making a child eat their vegetables or making a child do something they may not like, but it is for their good. God is always working for our spiritual good. Because let's keep reading, look at verse 29. It says, For those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. You see, believer, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, God has predestined you, predestined you. He has called you. He has justified you, declared you righteous through the work and blood of Jesus Christ. And one day, you and I have the promise that we will be glorified with him. And see, God is working all these things out for our good spiritually. And we must trust him and know that he's working things out for our good. Even unanswered prayer, even in, uns even in suffering, even in hardship. One final thought I want to leave us with is when we think about unanswered prayer, I want to give us some hope that this reality stirs our souls that God has predestined us that God has called us he has justified us he's declared us righteous through Christ and that one day we will be glorified with him hold your finger here in Romans chapter 8 and I told you we were going to be turning to some different passages of scripture turn to Luke chapter 22 hold your finger here in Romans chapter 8 and turn over to Luke chapter 22 here in Luke chapter 22, Jesus was about to go to the cross to die for the sins of the world and atone for the sins of the world. And he found himself after that last supper with his disciples. He was in the Garden of Gethsemane praying just before he was going to go to the cross. And as he was praying in Luke chapter 22 and verse 39, it says this, read it with, with me. Luke 22, verse 39, it says, 39, it says, He went out and made his way, as usual, to the Mount of Olives, and the disciples followed him. When he reached the place, he told them, Pray that you may not fall into temptation. Then he withdrew from them about a stone's throw, knelt down, and began to pray. 
Verse 42, this is what Jesus prayed. Father, if you are willing, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. What Jesus was doing here, Jesus was asking God the Father, is there any way to do this? Jesus was about to go to the cross. He was a, he's asking, God, is there another way to redeem and save humanity? You see, Jesus was about to go to the cross. His, he was about to have the sins of the world placed upon him. God's wrath for sin was about to be poured out on him. And he was going to be separated from the Father who is holy. And Jesus prays, is there another way for us to do this? Is there another way for us to redeem and save humanity? Is there another way to work out maybe a different redemptive plan? But what did, in verse 42, what did Jesus add to this prayer? He said, not my will, but yours be done. And we see God the Son, Jesus, submitting himself to the plan of the Father, the redemptive plan of the Father, to save humanity from our sins. And we probably know what God did. God went through with the plan. The sins of the world were placed upon Jesus. The wrath of God was poured out on him and he was separated from the Father. I want to give us this thought, and I hope it's a comforting thought, that when we face unanswered prayer, we join in the company with the Son of God. And when we pray... We must submit ourselves to the will of God. In reality, if God is not answering our prayer, it may be that he has a better plan. God has a will for us. And we must, as Jesus did, submit ourselves to the Father's plan. We not only join in with Jesus in unanswered prayer, but we also join with the Apostle Paul who in 2 Corinthians 12, 8 and 9, he asked the Lord three times to remove a thorn in his flesh. Now, we don't know what that thorn in the flesh was. There's a lot of different speculation in that, but there was some kind of suffering that Paul was facing, and he asked the Lord three times to remove it. But he said in 1 Corinthians 12, it was not removed. Rather, God told him, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. When we face unanswered prayer, we must continue to trust God because he is good. And he's always working for our spiritual good. So we close together this morning. Would you turn back to Romans chapter 8 with me? Romans chapter 8. And we're going to read verse 31. And as we think and we ponder this question of what about unanswered prayer, I want us to leave, I want to leave us with a promise. A promise that reveals the goodness of God to us at all times, whether He's answering our prayer, whether we feel close to God and in real connection with God, or even if we find ourselves in those times where God feels like He's a million miles away. Maybe we're experiencing spiritual frustration. 
and we feel like God is silent and he's not answering our prayers. But I want to leave us with a promise this morning. So look here in Romans chapter 8 and verse 31. And as I read this, verses 31 through 39, I want you to read it aloud with me. Now, we may have different translations. I'm reading from the Christian Standard Bible, but I want us to read aloud this promise of God together. Here's what it says, Romans 8, verse 31. What then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He did not even spare his own son, but offered him up for us all. How will he not also with him grant us everything? Who can bring an accusation against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is the one who died, but even more has been raised. He also is at the right hand of God and intercedes for us. Who can separate us from the love of Christ? Can affliction or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, because of you, we are being put to death all day long. We are counted as sheep to be slaughtered. Verse 37. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So even if we are facing unanswered prayer, even if we are facing perceived silence from God, no matter what we are facing, we must remember that God may not always answer our prayers, but in his sovereignty, there is nothing that can separate us from his love. Not even COVID-19 can separate us from the love of God. There's no unanswered prayer that can separate us from the love that God has us. I hope that this series on prayer has been a help and encouragement to you. That as you personally communicate with God, that he hears us. He may not answer on our timeline, but he is good. And in all things, God is working for our spiritual good. Thank you for joining us online. Leewood Baptist Church exists to glorify God by making disciples of all nations. For more information about us and our ministry, please visit us at www.leewoodbaptist.com.